Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Old Moms Podcast. We're glad you're here. We want to tell you a little bit about ourselves. I'm Gina. I'm Sarah. We're childhood friends on opposite ends of motherhood, inspiring moms of all ages and stages to laugh at life's unexpected, ridiculous, and endearing moments. Well, Sarah, I can't believe we're doing it. We're finally doing it. For years and years, folks, Sarah and I have talked about getting together, sharing our crazy stories, sharing some good laughs. We kind of want it to feel like you're part of our weekly phone call we have, which is kind of our therapy session. So I guess you're wondering why we decided to call it old moms, because we don't want anyone to think we're calling ourselves old moms in some kind of degrading way. It's actually a very playful, fun way of describing how we see ourselves as moms. I think it came up in one of our weekly phone calls where we decided we're both old moms in different ways. As I have been momming for almost 14 years, I have twins that will turn 14 in February. And even before that, even before you had your own kids, you were kind of like the resident mom to all of your cousins, to all of us in your friend group. We were like, okay, Sarah's cutting out the coupon to make sure we save $5 and we go get pizza tonight. Totally. <laughs> or I had granola bars. I had the band-aids, wipes. I mean, I've been carrying wipes. I think I had wipes in my high school backpack just in case somebody had a sticky situation. So how are you an old mom? Well, my little guy just turned two. So um, I had him when I was 38 years old and it was uh, a comical encounter. They were like, okay, but you should know you have advanced maternal age. Said, so you're calling me an old mom. And they were very much like, oh, no, no, <laughs> not at all. It's just your eggs are very old. And so we just need to tell you ahead of time that this might be a problem for you. So I kind of took that as my like, okay, then, you know what? I want to rock this old mom thing. If I'm technically an old mom, because this is a geriatric pregnancy, then I will <laughs> kind of wear it as a, a badge of honor. So we are here, you know, sharing our, our differing experiences of being moms at different ages, but, you know, having so much in common with, you know, being a mom is being a mom, whether you're young or old or a stepmom or a adopted, a parent of adopted kids or however you have become a mom. And we're all in this together. And we hope that our weekly chats here can bring a lot of good belly laughs and, and you know, make this experience more joyful. Definitely. I agree, Gina. I feel like we'll be speaking from our personal experiences, the families we grew up in, the family structures that we are in now and have created with our spouses. But I think most of what we'll chat about will be funny across the board because our focus is on laughing at everything. Don't we laugh at everything? I feel like we... Yes. And we've both done a good job at laughing in the moment. I think it's important to say, okay, right now I am literally carrying a baby who's got poop dripping off his shoes out of a Chinese restaurant. And I can choose to cry about that. Or I can be like, that is hilarious. I got to tell Sarah. The daily grind of being a, a mom is can be overwhelming and stressful. But if you kind of take a step back, a lot of what goes on is pretty hilarious. Especially the situations I feel like that could be the last straw that could be where we crack and snap as moms. If we are looking forward to our weekly talk together, or are we looking forward to this time where we're recording to share with our listeners, having a sense of humor is a lifesaver. It truly is. And I think we've both been on quite amazing adventures to becoming moms. We've both had our 
our differing experiences to get there. And uh, over 30 years, we've been Let's friends. tell the story of how we met. I'm sure people are interested. I have to say, I saw you across the room in third grade with your humongous red Sally Jesse Raphael glasses. Okay. And I said to myself, that's my best friend over there. <laughs> so that's how old we are, that we are going to throw out a Sally Jesse Raphael reference. Mm -hmm. Yes. Anyone who was born after 1990s probably wondering who she is, but she was a staple of when you were homesick. Daytime television. Uh, daytime TV. I just remember Sarah moving to Colorado from Kentucky and I was so intrigued by her, her little Kentucky accent and her mom's sweet little Kentucky accent. And I thought, this is awesome. Like, this is going to be so much fun. I remember you asking me, I can't remember if this was in third grade because we moved right at the end of third grade. There were just a few months left or two months left, maybe in school. But I remember when the, one of the first moments we actually met you asking me what I was. Oh, Meaning, yeah. <laughs> am I Irish? Am I European? Am I, you know, and I had never thought about what I was, but you identified as a hundred percent Italian, which you told right. me for the first time in that conversation. That's correct. I had plenty of t-shirts that said, yo, I'm a hundred percent Italian, like <laughs> trying to kind of threaten people to not mess with me in my chubby third grade worked. body. It, it kind of worked, kind of worked. I mean, there was spaghetti sauce like all over my shirt at all times, but it was a good, just kind of throw it out there. But yes, I come from a big Italian-American family. Both my parents are from Brooklyn. In fact, I will tell you that I was uh, conceived in New York on Christmas, excuse me, Halloween, 1979. Uh, so occasionally I do talk with an accent because I was conceived there. My mother loves it. It out. <laughs> yes, my mom loves that I talk about the night that I was conceived. She's like, could you not? But, uh, <laughs> but I was born in Colorado. So I have this very funny perspective of growing up in a very uh, suburban part of Colorado and having very New York Italian parents and a grandma who you'll affectionately know as Nuni through this podcast. We call her Nuni. She's my little grandma from Naples. And I'll tell you, she she brings a lot of humor into our lives, all of us who oh, had yes. the pleasure, pleasure of knowing her. But um, what about your fam? I feel like you came here, you were, you guys were flying solo. You kind of left the whole posse back in Kentucky. We left the whole posse. Um, my parents come from big Catholic families. My mom is the oldest of eight kids. My dad's the third of six. So I had a whole bunch of aunts and uncles and a whole bunch of cousins. And I felt like that was one thing that we connected on immediately to us, myself and you, that was just normal to have all these cousins, all these aunt and uncles, big families, big loving, caring families. Um, it was a real point of connection, I feel like between us. So we came out um, for my dad's job. He was transferred from Kentucky to Colorado and we moved right at the end of the school year. So I'm sure we did have conversations at the end of that third grade year. But I really remember in fourth grade was your mom being the room mother for our oh, elementary yes. school class. And someone in our class who will not be named left a giant booger in my cubby, my light blue cubby on the left side of the classroom. And your mom came to the rescue to clean out my cubby because I didn't, you know, as a fourth grader, I didn't know what to do. I guess I wasn't carrying my wipes yet. 
Honestly. I was just gonna say this feels well. Well, let's 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 point out how old we are. There were no wipes, Sarah. There were there were think, no wipes. You're I mean, right. maybe, <laughs> maybe baby wipes, but I don't think that we had the wherewithal back then to think of them as like a right a cleaning a multi-use tool. Yes, yes, yeah. No, because your mom sprinkled Comet in there. She had a can of Comet oh. was somewhere in the class, and maybe over by the classroom sink, kind of in the back for art stuff. But she came over and sprinkled Comet, and then we had to let it set. And then once the booger softened, she was able to wipe it out with the brown school paper towels that don't really absorb water. They just dissolve. Yes. So yes. I remember that as one moment where I thought, oh. Oh. and I remember looking eye to eye with her because she's so tiny and I was she's in fourth grade. <laughs> My mom is a saint. I, I, she truly is one of the sweetest, most wonderful people in the world. And she, she cracks me up because she's this tiny little thing. She's a, she's a spitfire, but she's this tiny little thing. She's maybe not even five feet tall and her little accents we both have been told many times you guys don't even have accents you know when you come from Colorado you don't really have an accent so Certainly. then we were friends we were friends through middle school and we had classes yep. together and we ran track at the same time which I'm sure we'll talk about at some point I think right? you ran I kind of like stumbled around the track <laughs> we signed up for track at the same time <laughs> I should also let people know my parents opened an Italian restaurant when I was six years old. And so when you have easy access to meatball sandwiches, um, <laughs> it, it affects your ability to run track. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. To say. I think that's true. I think that's completely true. <laughs> so I was, I was on the team. I got like acknowledged at some type of award ceremony with a huge participation trophy of some yes. sort. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> So that was middle school and we have a lot of stories about middle school to share, but really our friendship was solidified later in high school, I feel like, where we became just really soulmates, if you will, in this yeah. game of life, where we were volunteering at a soup kitchen. Soup kitchen. Yes, I, was I, a soup I, kitchen. I mean, we literally made soup, so I don't know. We were making soup that day. We made soup and then we were charged with making a cake. And we had all the ingredients there, maybe just even frosting for the cake. I think maybe we're supposed to make frosting. And they have one of those huge industrial mixers that has the horizontal bars over the top of it. And yeah, so we put Hobart. in the Hobart. The Hobart. We made pizza dough in that thing. Yes, it's a monstrous, weighs 5 million pounds. Yeah. It was huge. Well, you had seen it from the restaurant, but I was unfamiliar with it. So I think we just started dumping in all the ingredients, probably in order of the list that we had. So it was pounds of butter, milk, and then all that powdered sugar. We just threw in on the top at the end. Closed we kicked the giant... it off. <laughs> yeah, we just kicked <laughs> it off. I think there might've been a, like, even like a, my memory of it is, is that it was kind of like starting an old lawnmower where you had to like pull the string seven times to get it really revved up and going. I don't remember. <laughs> okay, that's how I recall it. Like we were I don't both, well, we were both like, oh, we need to kick this off full speed ahead. Like there was no gradual, like start slow guys, get that sugar mixed in. No, oh, it was. No. Yeah. Which resulted in a powdered sugar shower blast explosion mm -hmm. all over this small soup kitchen kitchen and then we were laughing so hard and somehow it was just the two of us that ended up in there during the frosting making moment and so we were just hysterically laughing you and i took it and ran with it like we were slapping each other's butts and making powdered sugar hand hand prints. Marks. yeah i mean i don't know what and i do remember an adult rounding the corner 
wondering. I remember that as well. Yes. <laughs> like, are and you then we were to trying help? to explain. <laughs> we just became really close friends in this moment. We later in life we're yeah. gonna mention you in a podcast. Yeah. I wish we knew her. I wish we knew her name. I don't she even remember her. what happened next. I just have that one memory and it's kind of has sunshine coming through the windows, the powdered sugar floating up through the air, the rays of sun floating. I remember down cleaning in. it up for about an hour. I do remember spending okay. about an hour sweeping up powdered sugar. I'm sorry, you don't remember that, but I, I guess I I had wipes at that point, <laughs> I'm sure. I hope so. 1997. There better have been wipes. I hope there were. We now live in different cities, but I feel like we're closer than ever. I think so too. And really, I feel like it's pretty remarkable that we never had a period where we weren't in touch regularly. You know, I feel like we emailed and called through college and have stayed close and gotten closer through just all the life events that we have kind of ferried each other through and around. Oh, totally. And once I figured out how email worked, it was like, whoa. That was huge. That was a huge breakthrough <laughs> on your part. Your freshman year in college. <laughs> yeah, I was like, everybody's handing in an assignment and I don't know what they're talking about. I'll never like, forget you saying <laughs> to me over the phone. It's like they expect us to check our email every week. They never told us that. <laughs> I just froze. Like, do I tell her? <laughs> What do I say? Well, really at the board, and I think I checked mine twice a day at that point. Of course, it wasn't on a computer in our pocket all the time. Yeah, no, it was, I remember in my little apartment, it was like, um, had to wait for the dial up to go. It was a big production to check email at the time. So I was working at my parents' restaurant and taking classes and, and it was just not, not on my radar. Like we, we still up till 2005 when my parents sold the restaurant uh everything was handwritten like everybody's check was handwritten and this you know was in the suburbs wow. but it was not far yeah it was not far from the the denver tech center and we would have these you know business people coming in well-dressed and asking for a receipt for their business you know expenses and i was like uh sure um here are some chicken scratches that I put on this piece of paper. <laughs> and then we did have like a stamp with the restaurant name. And I was like, hope that's good enough for Denise in payroll <laughs> to reimburse you. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. People were like, huh? It's like, yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> so we were not high tech. So funny, funny stuff. So I think when we, we talk about being old moms, we're just, you know, poking fun at the fact that we both turned 40 this, this past year. And so besides... The pandemic aging every single person on the planet <laughs> with the stress. Um, we literally are feeling old. I feel like, you know, and, I had to have- And we're old friends. It's a nod to us being old friends. Totally. It's it's an exciting term. I think it's empowering to use old in a positive way because I think sometimes it's the thought of getting old scares people and it's really a privilege and it's exciting. And if you're lucky enough to have good friends and a good sense of humor and laughter. It's really a, an exciting thing. Well, now they know a little bit about us. We're excited for you to join us on our first episode, which is entitled Making Babies, because we are, after all, old moms. So stay tuned. That was almost good, wasn't it? Was it? Almost there. Yeah. 